You can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the green dragon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Green Dragon Podcast, your podcast for all things Lord of the Rings strategy battle game. I'm your host, Matt, and we have here with us today a scenario spotlight, and we're doing one of the generic scenarios, one of the six scenarios that you can find in each of the source books. And today we are doing Hold Ground. So I have here with me Kylie. Ahoy, hoy. And Tiernan. Hello. Now, we got a question recently on our Facebook page, which you can go ahead and like because we post all our stuff up there. I would recommend it. Don't, never miss an episode. So we got a question about Hold Ground and specifically how to tailor warbands and whether you actually want to tailor warbands for this specific scenario. So what I might do is I might get Kylie to just give us a quick rundown of the Hold Ground scenario and what it entails. Kylie. All right. So Hold Ground is one of the two uh, reinforcement missions in the source books. So the starting position is the Isnans because all the models on both sides start off the table. So instead of starting with deployment, you just roll straight out for priority on turn one. So as Jeremy says, start off the middle and move to the middle. Yeah. Run yes. to the middle. Run to the middle. Run to the middle is what we call this scenario. So the objectives, you get one point for every one of your models within six inches of the center of the board. Usually you denote this with an objective marker or you could use a terrain piece or whatever, but just something in the center of the board or you can just use the center of the board. One VP for every model within six inches of the center of the board. You also score one VP for wounding your opponent's leader and you get three points for killing them and one VP if your opponent's force is broken, three if they're broken without your army being broken. The special rules, and this is where things get interesting, at the end of your movement phase, roll a D6 for each of your warbands that is not on the battlefield and consult the chart below. Models cannot charge on the turn they arrive, but may otherwise act normally. Roll for each warband separately, deploy the models in the warband, then roll for the next. Each warband yet to arrive still counts as being on the battlefield for the purposes of determining whether or not your force is broken. And as a side note, the warband's captains may use might to multiply this roll. So depending on what you roll depends on where your model comes on. So on the roll of a one, your warband does not come onto the table. They stay off the table for the turn. On a roll of a two, your opponent chooses a point on the north or south, which is a long table edge if you're playing on a six by four rectangle board. On a three, your opponent chooses a point on the east or west, so the short table edges. On a four, you choose a point on the north or south. On a five, you choose a point on the east or west. And on a six, you can choose any point on any board edge. Yeah, so it can be a situation where your rolls make a massive difference straight away in the game. If you've got an army with very little might, you may end up using a lot of it to uh, to actually get onto the table in the place where you want to be, in a place that doesn't completely disadvantage you. Or get off the table. Or stay off the table as well. Yeah, good point. You might want to might down to a one it's just to see where your opponent ends up so that you can actually... Uh, place yourself at a more advantageous position there's a lot going on immediately in the scenario it just goes straight away into it so with warband composition i personally want every one of my warbands to be able to function separately just in case everything goes horribly wrong just in case i'm rolling all twos and threes i've got every warband in a different corner of the board i'm you know in a lot of trouble straight away i want everything to be able to handle itself get to the middle link up and then be able to go from there Kylie, I I know that you've done things a little bit differently in the past. Yes, a little and a lot. (laughs) A lot differently, yeah. Yeah, sometimes I deliberately bring a warband on in a terrible position 
just to force my opponent to come and try and take on that warband. So that's one option you can have, try and baiting your opponent to come into, a, in, into those disadvantaged positions and try and force them to. But the thing that people get really angry and annoyed about is when you bring your warbands on, they come on behind you, they hit all your squishy stuff, and then you get wiped out. So one way you can do this is come on sort of, I'm going to use this term very loosely, but backwards. So you have your spearmen come on first and your shieldmen to guard behind you. But that sometimes isn't enough if you're playing against a really hard engaged army. What I generally like to do is find a terrain piece near the edge of the board and use that point as the anchor for my army. So come on, anchor yourself on the terrain feature and then use your might on like your big heroes, like your Day and Iron Foots or like your Witch Kings of Angmar to force their role to come and back them up. And that's where I think a lot of people don't appreciate what your might can do in this scenario is that you can actually force pretty well where your models actually want to come onto the board. And that's what you need to be doing. For a second there, I thought you were going to say they moonwalk onto the board instead of come on backwards. Because that's uh, essentially what you have to do. <laughs> you have to come on facing backwards, you know, everything in reverse. So, it, you know, it, it's a funny little thing it, just in the game that you have to do here. And it's completely necessary at times. Yeah, I, I've done it before. Uh, quite a lot, especially with um, a Norakai shield wall. Gotten some odd looks from my opponent. Yeah, some people don't get it, do they? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen them go, why did you bring your spears on in the front? What's that about? Well, you know, you're going to come on after me, so I, I kind of want to fight you that way, you know? And it doesn't take much to reform your battle line if they don't come on behind That's you true. and switch yeah. it and go forward anyway. Yeah, you slow down by one inch. One inch. Yeah. It's, not, it's not that big of a deal. No. Something, uh, a particular warband, and I saw you give this advice to Caleb, was just a single Stormcaller. Single, yeah. um, regular ah. Galadrim Stormcaller. And at first I thought, that's, that's terrible. You're wasting like, what, 60 points, I think there were. Mm-hmm. And then Caleb actually played against me in whole ground and used that Stormcaller to slow me down for a few turns because it kept nature's wrathing behind me. So it basically slowed down a full warband of mine. I did eventually kill it because he, he didn't play it perfectly. He came in and tried to engage after a while. I'm like, I don't know why you would do that. But it did slow me down for maybe two turns. And I had to actually walk across a, a area that later Legless was guarding. Shot a bunch of my guys out. So that was the difference that that Stormcaller made. Mm-hmm. So I can see the point of it. I totally get why you would actually have that weaker warband, but one that's able to bog your opponent's warbands down and prevent them from getting to the middle very quickly. Yeah, I've done a similar thing before with uh, Gollum. No, not oh, intentionally. Yes. It was just Gollum with the ring on and was holding about a third of my opponent's main line. <laughs> what? Including, including two heroes because I was spending a dwarf army. Right. Held them up for about four turns because Gollum was wearing the ring so and he just, just kept losing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. He survived that entire game actually because he eventually <laughs> gave up trying to kill Gollum and ran off. <laughs> there you go. So, what else can we say about whole ground? What do, What do you do once you have what? Let's say you are going second on that first turn, and your opponent is a little bit split up. They haven't got everything where they want it. How do you best take advantage of that? Assuming they're using the tactics that we've just suggested, yeah. where they are, they're so defending as best as possible. One thing you want to do is, if your opponent's army is all come on at once, and you come on behind it, you're actually fighting in a straight-up fight. So sometimes that's not the best idea, and especially because your opponent has the lead on you towards the objective. So the one thing you need to remember at all times is that you have to eventually get to the middle. And it's great to slow down your opponent, but if your opponent gets in the middle first and sets up a defensive wall, their army could break and end the game with you not on the objective. This game ends on a one or a two once one force is broken. Yeah, so it can end very quickly, potentially. Yeah. Or it could so, never end. 
If you're coming, if you're coming onto the board, you want to and you want to pray and sort of take out a warband. Don't come right on next turn. That's usually a bad idea because if you're charging on the next turn, you might end up screwing yourself a bit because you can you're going to be engaged right on the board edge and it's going to take you forever to get to the to the middle of the table. What you probably want to do is give them a bit of a lead. So come out just a bit in front of them, not in charge range. And sometimes they might actually not even run towards you or try and engage. They'll back off, which then allows you to move towards the center of the table, giving you two-turn lead on that other warband that you sort of discouraged from moving into a bad position. Yeah, that's really interesting. So rather than actually just smashing that force and just committing a lot to it, you can commit potentially the same amount, but just like maybe a little bit better. And just sort of push them away from that objective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. This this scenario is designed to break up armies. Like, yeah. armies yeah. like that love shade, like have the Dark Marshal or... The old, uh, like, yeah. Spam Reavers, spam Shade, sh- Shadow Lord. This, does, yeah. this scenario is designed to break those armies up. And it's so especially those they don't have the advantage in all the time. Yeah. So you want to take out those key elements if they're vulnerable. But don't overextend and try to go all in on those elements because sometimes they can slow you down enough for you to lose the game. Yeah, I think the mistake I've seen some people make is sending two full warbands to defeat one full warband. I, it doesn't really work that way. It doesn't work all no, like that. because they, they're usually just going to be able to defend, back away, defend, back away. Then everything else of theirs is on the, on the objective. And you haven't even done that much damage. Yeah, my it's favorite, much easier to defend than to make that pincer movement just yeah. occur. One of my favorite things that I've done, I've done once, was I rolled for this is with my dwarf army. I had a shield, uh, a shield bearer, and a whole bunch of dwarves. Couldn't get them where I wanted because the shield bearer only had one point of might. So I just said, whatever, I'll let the roll go. They came on in a really awkward position, but I managed to move it in such a way where I was anchored on this sort of weird rock thing. My opponent then decided. I'm going to kill the shield bearer before he can do anything because it's the one warband of Kylie's that's out of position. So they sent two warbands and an independent character to take out this one warband. The shield bearer went, all right, then everyone, shield. It took them so long to deal with that warband. And because I was playing that warband so defensively, I actually ended up breaking even with that shield warband. The shield bearer and his friends ended up killing about the same amount as they took. They killed about 10 models. And yeah, the warband was wiped out. But 10 models in, of which one was a hero and losing the shield bearer and 11 guys, it's about 50-50. So I ended up trading two warbands, one warband for one warband, but now my opponent was out of position. You see that a lot in whole ground, don't you? It yeah. seems to be the scenario that creates that situation where small warbands can actually make a big difference against yeah. larger ones. I, I had a very similar thing against Caleb in a... In fact, the same battle with uh, his Stormcaller slowing my army down. He had his cavalry contingent of uh, Galadrim and Celeborn, and they tried to break through one of my weaker uh, sections of my army. It was just a bunch of regular Haradrim in a warband and Suladan behind them who couldn't really fight against the elves. I mean, he couldn't do anything against Celeborn. Celeborn just straight up beats him. So he he did a heroic move. I luckily won the roll-off. I also called a heroic move. Backed in, had anchored two terrain features on either side of my line, but they were a fair distance apart, so I had to spread out a little bit. And he he just charged one-on-ones in everything, and they, he couldn't break through the way he wanted to. So I think I won more fights than he did that first turn. I killed a couple of elves, and I slowed him down for a good four or five turns. So even though that Stormcaller was slowing me down on the other side of the board, I was slowing down a much larger part of his force and a much stronger part of his force, again, with a fairly like weaker part of my force. 
all of my Hasharan were in the middle. So it, it, you know, it's interesting the way that it can, it can work both ways. Like it can work mm. on either side. And if he had actually managed to win that roll off and trapped and surrounded me, which he would have done, he, he probably would have smashed me in that game, which I ended up winning. Yeah. So I guess whole ground, when you take it in that kind of context and when it's played in the right spirit can work really nicely. Yeah. Like it can, it uses all parts of the board as well, which is a really nice yeah, thing. I think for one it. thing that frustrates a lot of, especially the inexperienced gamers is they see it and go, I've lost party. I'm going to move on. My opponent's going to kind of come on straight in behind me and they're going to knock out a part, but they don't take any measures to make your opponent sort of ambushing one wall band or ambushing a part of your army. They don't do anything to make that more difficult. They don't run into a terrain feature. They don't anchor off things. They don't play defensively or, or aggressively if it needs to be. They don't try any tricks to try and make this move as difficult for their opponent as possible. And instead, they just sort of give up. Yep. And that's yep. that's the worst thing you can do. I, I myself, at our most recent tournament we went to at Clash, went first in this scenario. And I rolled a one for my first roll. And then I rolled a two. But I decided, you know what? I'm going to really make this interesting for my opponent. And I mited down my two to one one. Mm, yeah. So suddenly my two best warbands, which was Gimli and the King's Champion, weren't on the board. So when my opponent decided I'm going to bring my fell beast and this giant group of Abrakan guard to come ambush your one pilly little warband, suddenly Gimli and the King's Champion rocked up behind him and went, sorry, we're ambushing you. <laughs> D- did you take the opportunity to scream out, it's a trap? I did actually make the <laughs> quote, it's a trap. It was quite a, quite a highlight for me in that game. So with the ones, you can actually, um, mining those down can actually be a huge advantage. It, it's funny the way that works, but it, it's true. Yeah. Uh, although I know it can backfire, and I heard a story from you recently, Tian, and about it backfiring. Yeah, there was a, a rather key warband of mine. Uh, I, re- I originally rolled a two, mited it down to a one. Yeah, it's fine. Next three turns, I just kept rolling ones. Yeah, yeah. Until I eventually roll, um, decided to might that use the captain's uh, second point of might to might it up to a two, just to get him onto the board because everybody was almost on the objective. So that degree, like that massive degree of randomness, kind of sucks at times too. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's that's not very likely to happen. I mean, yeah. how many you, ones you can gotta, you roll? You got to play your odds, and you got to you got to look at the deck because Hallgrounds all about downtime how much downtime you have, how much uptime you have, and how much extra turns you have over your opponent to get in position. And whole ground's all about getting to p- into position. It's not about being in position, it's about getting there because you start so spread out. Another interesting point, how would you feel about, uh, it, similarly to Reconnoiter, if you got that plus one each turn? For, no, um, I don't think you, you need the plus so? one. Because I think it would just, it would, it would raise that tactical element of actually mining down to the one and then you're going to get a plus one on the next turn as well. You know, I, I, I can see it making that a much more attractive prospect and making going first not so bad. Possibly. Yeah, maybe, maybe. We'll, we'll think about that a bit more. But I mean, the, the key one that we brought up before was the alternating warbands. And if it did have alternating warbands, I feel like it would be a much fairer match. I feel like it, it would be a scenario that we'd look at that would be like, one of our favorites, probably. Yeah, the problem I find with the alternating warbands is when you have someone who decides, you know what, I'm going to be that guy at the tournament. In fact, I actually realize that this doesn't, this actually happens way more than I'm actually saying. I'm going to be that guy that brings four Falwags, or I'm going to be that guy that just brings some random Rangers of the North. And suddenly, the advantage of going alt the, the alternating 
is ended up just thrown out the window because they go, Falwag, 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 your entire army's on the table, put my army on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, how would you go about fixing it? Is there any other way it could be fixed or is it just one that you kind of have to scrap and go, no, we need to find a different way of doing this? I actually think there is one way of fixing this. Yeah. It's to do with how your models come onto the table. Because the problem is people can't figure out creative ways to stop being ambushed. And a lot of our, the players in our group have figured out ways to stop being ambushed. Sometimes the way we roll for warbands, for instance, is one way to stop prevent that. You use your low might warbands first, so like your shades, your one might characters. You bring them on first and then use your warbands with three, two points of might to make that roll come on where you need it and back that warband up. The amount of times I've seen yourself, Danny, David, bring their entire army into one spot by spending, you know, three or four points of might. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly their entire army's there. You go second. It's now suddenly less enticing to ambush that army because you've rolled a two or a three and you're having to spend all this resources just to come in to ambush. Mm. And then you're on equal playing field anyway. Yeah, true. Very true. So that's one way to get around it. But I think one alteration you could do to the special rules is you cannot choose a point within six inches of an enemy model. Okay, yeah, yeah. That that degree of separation would definitely yeah. prevent those ambushes that you see all the time. I oh, mean... I, I think that could be abused, though. You still got cav being a problem. It, it can be abused, but not to the extent where you ambush entire armies. I, don't, I, I can... You could possibly see it being abused to the point where your opponent cannot go be brought onto the board. I think it would actually stop that. It would stop that. Yeah. Uh, we actually did the math on it. It's like to stop people actually, like if you designed an army to stop that, you would have to spend so many of your points in your army to attempt, to even attempt to prevent that situation from happening that the rest of the tournament you pretty much be throwing because you can't compete in any of the other scenarios. Yeah, let's, so it's let's, a cash 22. Let's briefly mention that. So there is a possibility that you set up, if you're the player going first, you set up one of your warbands so that there's a spot in the middle. You set it up in a horseshoe shape. There's a spot in the middle where you could potentially force your opponent to come on if they roll a two or a three and they don't have any might, for instance, and they physically cannot get onto the board. They cannot fit the entire warband on from that point. That kind of sucks, and there's no real answer to that. You kind of just have to use common sense. I think the way we've been playing yeah. it is they just don't come on. Yeah, if you can't fit the warband, the warband can't come on that Yeah, point. so I think that... Uh, solution of having not being able to place them within six inches of an enemy model does prevent that because then your opponent cannot choose that spot because what you can do is when you come onto the board you pick a point your army moves on except two random guys from that warband sort of dart to the side and suddenly there's this nice big zone where your opponent actually can't physically choose a point so they have to come on a bit to the side yeah they can move forward and they'll get a free kill on a random model but if it's the choice between sacrificing an entire warband and sacrificing one model, you'll sacrifice the one model. Yes, this and is true. Yeah, you can still get a charge on turn two if you have like cab or really fast moving models, but it's not a full surround of a warband. And I think that's the thing that really kills people is the move on, I go completely around you on turn two, surround and completely trap you so there's no way for you out. At least in this situation, you have to spend might to try and actually get onto them then you have to spend a 50-50 roll to see if you can even heroic move into them. Yep, great point. So you great get point. these not quite fully trap engages, and if you do get one, it's pretty much you're spending all your resources to do it, at which point you don't have any left for the rest of the game. All right, well, I think that's about all we have to say about whole ground. We'll go on to some scoring, though. Now, I'd like to do mine first, and 
The first thing I'm going to say is how I would rank them in terms of the six scenarios that we have. And whole ground, it's it's not great, is it? It's just, it, it's on the lower end. Then again, it hasn't got much of a bar to, to beat. So personally, I would only have it above, I'd probably have it above high ground. I, I would have it above high ground and possibly Lords of Battle because they're, they're probably my least favorite ones. So around the middle mark, a little bit on the lower end. In terms of out of 10, it's it's difficult because I think it, it can be fixed. We've talked about some potential solutions, but right at the moment, taking it on face value, I think I'd give it probably a four out of 10. It's It's got a lot of problems with it. I actually quite like this scenario. Out of all the scenarios, the only one that I actually prefer more than hold ground is domination. And I'm not sure if that's my ego talking because I don't, even when I go first, I don't, generally lose whole ground a lot and like even when i've had a dismal rolls and like half my army's been totally smashed and surrounded and killed i've seen it still manage to nearly pull it back and win i feel the same way about reconnoiter i know a lot of people hate reconnoiter so i understand that yeah so yeah whole ground has some problems but it's because no one actively tries to change their gameplay to prevent it to, to at least make it more difficult because even i've lost games of whole ground where i've gone first sure everyone has that sucks but Sometimes I enjoy watching my opponent really get frustrated because they've ambushed me. They've got all this great engage and they're struggling to actually finish it. They're struggling to close the game out because they're, they're either going too aggressive and the game could end before they even really get to the middle or they just can't kill the model, the warbands that they've trapped and surrounded. I rank it second and out of 10, I'll give it a modest six. I also rather like this one. I, I'm not... For similar reasons to Kylie, really. I'd probably rank it what, third out of the six scenarios because I I find it interesting or a little bit more interesting compared to um, High Ground. And I, I'm not a big fan of um, Reconnoiter for obvious reasons. No, not obvious at all. What are you talking about? <laughs> Go Reconnoiter. And it also uh, rated above Lords of Battle. Yeah, yeah, as do yeah. I. Yeah. Uh, so out of ten, I think I'd probably give it a six because, yeah, I like it. Cool, cool. So you got you like it? You would play it? I play it. It's okay scenario. Yeah. Out of, if if I had a choice of which scenarios I play, it definitely be domination. If I couldn't pick domination, I would definitely pick whole ground because just the way people like to play with that shield wall style, it just messes with them so much. Yeah, it makes yeah. the game more. That's interesting. definitely a plus for it. For me, it's it's always a case of we roll it at, on the d6 and it pops up as whole ground. I'm like ah, let's just re-roll. <laughs> For, uh, with most of my opponents. So, okay. So, thanks guys for joining me. And remember, traps win games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on the Green Dragon Podcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.